Hello and welcome to the Diction Police. I'm your host, Ellen Rissinger, an American vocal coach accompanist on the music staff of the Zemperoper in Dresden, Germany. Our topic today is Swedish diction. Soprano Gisela Stille is here to discuss the poems Längtan heter min arvidel and I drömmen du är mig nära. Focusing on retroflex consonants, the very fun rounded H and the C with the tail that curls back over itself, plus a reminder of some of the spelling rules. And since we just had a few episodes on Norwegian diction, I thought it would be interesting to compare some of the sounds between the two languages. Every week I say, please feel free to contact me with questions, comments, or suggestions. And I really mean that. Over the years, I've gotten some great feedback about the podcast, some interesting questions, some excellent suggestions, and I try to implement them all as quickly and as often as I can. Just recently, I've heard from a few people who have either written their own diction books or are working on their dissertations on some form of lyric diction, and I'm really excited about that. So right now, I'm wading through some new resources that I've just received, and I'll let you know what I find. On that topic, a few weeks ago, Anna Hersey had written to me with a question, but then mentioned that she'd recently published an article on Swedish diction in the January-February 2012 Journal of Singing. I've since received the article and had some time to work my way through it, and I have to say, the information has been invaluable in putting together today's episode. Anna was in Sweden on a Fulbright, studying at the Royal College in Stockholm, and has put together a terrific mini-overview of Swedish lyric diction. I would put a link to the article online, but if you're not a subscriber to the publication, when it pops up, not only is the article incomplete, the phonetic letters also default to regular letters. So you really need to see the actual article if you want to see what she wrote. The Journal of Singing is a publication of the National Association of Teachers of Singing, so the NATS, and back copies of the journal are also available as well as subscriptions. I'll post that information as well as links to our texts for today at the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. Don't forget the the. You can also follow the Diction Police on Facebook or on Twitter at Diction Police. Our first text today is Lengtan heter min arvidel, a poem by Eric Axel Karlfeldt and set by Sibelius. Karlfeldt was a symbolist poet who was the permanent secretary of the Swedish Academy and a member of the Nobel Institute and the Nobel Committee in the first part of the 20th century. He was awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature posthumously in 1931. Lengtan heter min arvedel. Slottet i saknadens dalar. Sakta ett underligt strängaspel tonar igenom dess salar. Säg vadan kväller du klagande ström djupt ur de skumma gemaken. Du som mig sjunger om natten i dröm sjunger om natten mig vaken. Vem är den själ som i suck och i ton Andas från hemliga strängar. Ljuvligt som doften från humlornas bon flyter på gulnande ängar. Somrarna blekna och solar går ner. Timmarna vardar mig tunga. 
Rosorna doftar i vissna kvarter. Minnena viska och sjunga. Klingar du klagande stränga spel. Sällskap i drömmande salar. Längtan heter min arvedel. Slottet i saknadens dalar. That was Gisela Stiller reading Längtan heter min arvedel. Mm-hmm. Of course, when it comes to Swedish, the one sound that we have to deal with that we don't understand at all is this SJ, which we get a lot in this song. Yeah. How do you make that sound? Almost like a shuf feeling. Yeah. It it has to do with which of these words you um, oh with you which say. vowel, it's, with it's which it's vowel a, comes yeah. after it? Because this is shell. Oh, so S J A with the umlaut L could be, or it could be funger. And then it's a little bit more in the cheeks that you. Yeah, yeah, hung, yeah, funger, yeah, yeah. So it's it's difficult no, because they are quite different, actually. Yeah, no, that's interesting because I, I didn't realize that there was a difference between them. Sjunger, sjunger. Yeah, so it's really it's a very wet feeling yeah. of an H, almost almost like it feels like it's an SH sound. Yeah. yeah. Sjunger, But when it's SH or SJ with the with an A with an umlaut or with some of those softer vowels. Will it always be a sh- shell? Sh- min shell. It could, but it also depends on which dialect you have. Okay. Because it could be shell mm-hmm. and it could be shell. Ooh. More like the German. Yeah. So it has to do with dialects as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I would say, um, I would say funge. Funge. Mm-hmm. With all, yeah, with a roof. Yeah. With a lot With of, of air. air in the mouth. Yeah. But if you have a fine upper Stockholm dialect, you would say sjunger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then it's just more, it feels like, almost a like a higher, cold. yeah, then the pitch actually feels like it's yeah, higher. Exactly. You also kind of do that with your face when you say sjunger. Because <laughs> so it raise everything up. <laughs> instead of sjunger. It's more, you know. What you can't see and what I can watch is that her, her eyebrows went way up yeah. high for the high one and her eyebrows came way down low yeah. for the low one. <laughs> I love it. But it's a strange sound, I can tell. Yeah. Because it feels for everybody else very difficult to pronounce it. Yeah. And I think partly because we just don't understand how how different it is, where mm-hmm. to make it in the mouth. Because listening to it, seeing it... It, until I guess unless you you grow up with that sound exactly and I haven't thought you know. about it that much before but now when we speak I just yeah how do we do that so, <laughs> yeah well yeah okay I have a couple of questions yeah. a D and a J together yeah. just a yeah. just a plain old yeah. J glide juped juped mm. mm. and and then of course in, that's, and also here juvlikt that's and the L J yeah it's also yeah. just juvlikt Okay, and yeah, and that was actually why I wrote this word down separately. I wanted to hear whether you pronounce the G at the end of it before the T. So yeah, juvlikt, kt. Mm. almost like a K sound then. Yeah, or a juvlikt. Oh, so it's juvlikt. it's just sort of a very fast G. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But of course, in normal speak, I would maybe say juvlikt without the G. Right. So that's, yeah, that's the one thing we're finding it's with these. because this text is so beautiful. You pronounce it a little bit extra, maybe. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and then one of the things I was thinking as you were speaking was a word like M-I-G. There you pronounce the G, right? Yeah, but if I would talk, you know, if I would say you and me, mm -hmm. I would say uh, de you may. Mm -hmm. But when I read it, it's mig and dig. Okay. So it's more um, also... Like high flown, it's high, more... Yeah, it's um, like if you read from the Bible, you don't say may and day, you say mig and dig. Okay. So it's... But maybe it's, it's you know, growing away mm -hmm. in, the, in the normal speaking. Yeah. But it's the old way of saying it. Okay. Mm. What about the S-A with umlaut and the G? Say. So that one we do go, we don't say the G, we actually turn it into a J-glide. Yes, say. Then the other thing I wanted to talk about were these, these fun retroflex consonants. Uh -huh. So we have R before N. Humlunas. And, we ha and again, we have this one too. Somrana. And then we have R before D. Varda. And uh, before T. Kvartier. It also depends on how, you know, if you say it just normally or if you read it out in a text. Yeah. Because you could say kvartier, mm -hmm. but in normal speaking you would say kvartier. Mm -hmm. With a t-t-t kind of. T. Yeah. With that T back up. Yeah. Almost to the hard palate. Yeah. So I guess my question with these sounds is do they happen when you have, I mean, we know, we can see that they happen when it's in the word. Mm. So when it's all together. But when it's between two words, like in the end, let me just figure out what it was. At the, in the first line of the second stanza, we have kvela, kvela, what I would look at as a German and say kvela du. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but there's an R followed by a D there. Mm. Does that get influenced then in the same way that it would if it were in the same word? Does mm. it turn to the same thing? Well, you have to, well, you have to put the D mm -hmm. so that you, you would say kvela du. Mm -hmm. So if it was just one word, maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't say the R at the end of kveller. Uh -huh. But here you have to kind of make it two words. Okay. Yeah. So in that case, we don't want to make that kvella. We don't want to run them no, together that way. No, say kvella do. Okay. Yeah. And yes, and let's just say the U sound again because do. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> just have to hear it a couple of times <laughs> yes but of course it's it's easier maybe with the d than the shoe because that's two diff difficult things at one exactly time. Exactly. yeah 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 exactly <laughs> but it's when you hear it and just imitate it it feels like it's it's a little simpler to get yeah it's a nice sound of licked. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I read, I just read online that the lips are almost in a smile yeah. to do it. Yeah, so there's a little bit of tension somehow. In the upper lips. In the somehow. upper lips. Yeah. Just as a reminder of the rule, mostly because I had completely forgotten it, DJ, GJ, HJ, and LJ in combination are always a J-glide. Gisela said that with words like M-I-G and D-I-G, she would say may and they, but she would sing mig and dig. Remember that there's no real standard pronunciation in Swedish, 
but according to Anna Hersey's article and what Gisela and a few other friends have told me, people do tend toward a much more formal pronunciation in singing. In the article, there's also a table to show some general differences between colloquial speech and the more high Swedish. As you saw here, SJ, SKJ, and STJ, as well as SK before front vowels, are all phonetically transcribed with an H that's rounded on both the top and the bottom. What I love about this phonetic letter is that even among the experts in the International Phonetic Association, there's disagreement about how this sound is made. And since the great experts disagree, I think there's some leeway for all of us. In any case, some dialects will make some of those closer to a German Ichlaut, and some of them will turn into a pure phonetic long squiggly S, SH. So this is something for all of us to keep our ears out for. As we said here, and according to the Wikipedia page on this phonetic letter, the closest English phonetic sound is that long squiggly S, so I've been practicing by starting with a SH and then lowering my jaw from there until there's just air blowing through. We talked again about the retroflex consonants RD, RT, RL, RN, and RS, which we found in both Norwegian and Swedish. But according to the article in the Journal of Singing, just like Gisela said, we don't necessarily need to do them. We can always sing a normal flipped R and the normal consonant. But I think it's important to find these sounds and be sure we know what they sound like. That way, we can all actively listen to recordings of native speakers and know what information we're actually looking for. After that, it's up to each of us to decide how we want to pronounce it, but only once we know all of our options. Our second text is I drömmen du är mig nära, a text by Tor Hedberg, a Swedish author and playwright who was also a member of the Swedish Academy at the same time as Karlfeldt. I drömmen du är mig nära. Jag nämner hänryckt ditt namn. Jag sluter dig ömt, du kära, ut i min längtande famn. Av stormande fröjd betagen, jag känner mig då ha makt. Att säga dig allt som dagen i tystnadens bojor lagt. Min innersta tanke jag röjer, jag ser i ditt öga in. Din barm invid min sig höjer, jag söker din mun med min. Och skall för en livet förunnit, den saliga stund i slå. Skall högsta lycka jag funnit, mig endast i drömmen nå. That was Gisela Stella, and again, I'm going to butcher the title of this reading, I drömmen du är, du är mig nära. Yeah. I was close. Great. And again, we have a bunch of these words, like M-I-G, D-I-G, S-I-G, and here we mm. say that, right? Here, here I say it because it's such a beautiful lyric, and I, I say it as I would sing it. Yeah, but if I, I if I would in normal speak, I wouldn't. Then right. I would say may they say. Mm-hmm. Mm. As opposed to actually J A G, then then you didn't say it. No, and right? that's a different from Norwegian as well. Yeah, they say yay. Uh, we say jag. And what about L A G T? It's at the end of the lagt. Lagt. It almost becomes a K there. 
yeah. lagt. So it's at the end of the second verse here, exactly. And, and yeah. the G, I guess we would say D voices. Mm. Almost like the German does, like sagt. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So the question is why Macht is then pronounced with a K instead of a G. You know, Macht, Lacht. Yeah, so that it rhymes. And I found it really interesting in this one that they rhyme two words that have an M and an N back to back in the first in the whole in the first stanza. Namen of famen. And you actually have to say mn mn. Yeah. Because in English when we see those words, then we don't say the N. No, okay, no, we say them. Namen. Okay. And in this one we actually do get the K's that make fun sounds. Oh yeah. In the beginning of the word. Yeah. Yeah. So like in the second verse we have Schenner. Sh Schenner. Mm. It's almost like a sh, but your your mouth doesn't quite come together that far, right? No, it could be. Sh no. It's quite far back. Yeah. It's with a back of the tongue. Exactly. It's kind of like I mean it's basically a German CH-y thing, yeah. but it looks like but you're not saying so much, sh. Yeah. Yeah. The the German is more Exactly. And this is with your tongue in the whole part of the back of the mouth. Yeah, Not exactly. Exactly. And and I guess the other difference is that when we say h or h mm. and ach, the teeth are not together. The teeth are actually further apart in ach and yeah. ich. But here it looks like your teeth are together for this sound. Almost, yeah. Schenne. Yeah. Schenne. Schenne. Mm. I'll have to work on that one again. <laughs> but we find that sort of, we find that a couple places. We also have that in, in the first verse too. Shara. Mm. It's the same. Yeah. Shara. Yeah. But when it comes, like, if it comes after a K, an N, mm. does it, like, T-A-N-K-E, which we have in the third verse, what happens to it there? It becomes a K again. Tanke. With an ng sound before it. Yeah, with the N-G, with the, yeah. with the hook. Yeah. Tanke. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. And what about if it's in the middle of a word, like, here we have S-O-umlaut K-E-R, in the, again in the third verse. Yeah. Then it becomes a normal K. Söker. Yeah. Söker. So it's really sort of when it's at the beginning of yeah. words that we have then to worry about it. Then it could be it. a sh. And I just also wanted to talk a little bit about the o umlauts because mm. again, it's a it's... fun sound. And with, with Swedish, we have a whole lot more open and closed vowels than we do with Norwegian, because Norwegian, everything just seems to be one sound, uh -huh. and they have the o slash. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But you guys have this o umlaut, mm. which... Yes, here it's uh, umt. Mm -hmm. It's quite closed. Umt. Umt. Mm -hmm. And then it's fröjd. It's more open. Yeah, so we have the open one going to the jaglet a little bit. Yeah, fröjd. Mm -hmm. Here it's höje. It's almost like fröjd. Fröjd, höjer, röjer. Then you have this. Förren. Oh, then it's really open. Yeah, förren. Yeah. Mm. Förunnit. Högsta. And again, that G was devoicing. Högsta. Och drömmer. Oh, and then it is, it's very open when it's yeah. got that double consonant yeah. after it. Yeah. Let's just, just to finish off one more time with our, our U sounds, because they have, uh, we have a couple of them here. We just had one in Farunni. Exactly. <laughs> but we have them all throughout the piece. Yeah. Sluter. Oh, that's a long one too. Ut. Mun. Oh, that's a little bit different. That's a little different one. Mm. Exactly. Mm. 
then let's look at some of these the A's and we can also maybe compare the A umlauts mm. too because it seems like they can also change a lot. Mm. I think so. Because when you say a word like saliga, it's really a ah. It's a dark sound. Saliga. Mm-hmm. Or jag. Mm-hmm. But here is famn. And then it's bright. Yeah. Yeah. So it can be ah and it can be ah. Yeah. What about right at the beginning of the second verse here? Av. And stormande. Mm-hmm. Mm. And if we have, okay, we have the A-V, but what about A-T-T then? So we have that single vowel, the single consonant following it, making it dark, and the double almost making it bright. Could be. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. At. Mm. Betagen. Yeah, so mm. there again, it's a single consonant. And here are, there are two. Makt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe that's that could a be way a to rule. look at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about, and we have the same thing, I think, too, with um, with A umlauts, right? With what? With the A umlaut. Well, oh, yeah, 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 that one. I call it a umlaut because it's what it looks like to an Yeah. Ar. <laughs> yeah, could that be different too, maybe? I don't know. Nara, shara, lengtan. Then yeah. it's maybe brighter. Yeah, what about this one? Nemner. Yeah, mm-hmm. so sometimes I think it can go a little bit from the a to the e. Yeah. Back and forth a could little bit. Could be, yeah. The rule about k's is that K followed by front vowels becomes the phonetic C with the little tail that turns in on itself. By front vowels, I mean E, I, Y, A with an umlaut, and O with an umlaut. This exact same rule also applies to SK, which will also be transcribed then with that same funny phonetic C that turns back over itself. According to Anna Hersey's article, Rather than killing ourselves to figure out this little fun C or that very fun rounded H sound, many Swedish singers simply sing SH, the long squiggly S. If you choose to do that, bear in mind that both of these sounds in Swedish sound very high in pitch. It may sound silly to think of the white noise of SH as having a pitch, but remember that in German we can get that heavy schwer sound that's very low and shadow vowel-y, but in Russian, we can get that extended sh in a very high front sound. In fact, I had kind of a lot of fun today just saying sh and moving my lips around. It really changes the quality of the consonant if you try it. <laughs> Since we're talking about replacing two consonants that have a very high front placement, the sound we replace them with has to match that placement. One of the most interesting points of Anna's article is what's termed complementary quantity. A stressed syllable will always have either a long consonant or a long vowel, and therefore the stressed syllables will always have the same relative length. This means that if the vowel is long, which we indicate with a colon after the vowel, the consonant that follows is short. If the vowel is short, then the consonant that follows is long again indicated phonetically by a colon, but of course this time after the consonant. So the entire syllable takes roughly the same amount of time in both cases. Having read the article, I realized in listening to the interview how right that is. I drömmen du är mig nära. Just listening to the first line of this text again, you can hear that Gisela takes a long time over the double consonant of drömmen, 
almost the same amount that she takes on the vowel of nara. This helps give Swedish that sing-songy feel that it has because it gives each word a distinctive rhythm. Now, of course, in singing, we have to follow the rhythms that composers set. But just as we do in Italian and German, we can still acknowledge those double consonants by cutting the vowel off just a second early, or a long vowel by making the consonant that follows very short and late. To finish out today's episode, I thought it would be interesting to compare some of the sounds between Norwegian and Swedish. Since the two languages are so closely related, it's easy to get the sounds and the rules mixed up, and the best way I know to keep things straight is just to compare them outright. These are clips from Soprano Gisela Stille from today's interviews, and from bass Ketil Hugos from our Norwegian episode, so you can tell their voices apart pretty easily. Both languages have a dark A. You'll hear this in Swedish with the word spelled A-V, Av. In Norwegian with S-V-A-N-E. En svane. But only Swedish has the bright A. S-T-O-R-M-A-N-D-E. Stormande. And A-T-T. At. That rounded H in Swedish, which we find with the S-J, S-K-J, and S-T-J, like in the word spelled S-J-U-N-G-E-R Funger Sounds a whole lot like the C-C-D-E or the Ichlaut in Norwegian, which is when a K is before I or Y, as in K-Y-S-E. Kyse. In Swedish, that soft K becomes the C that wraps back in on itself in words like K, A with an umlaut, N-N-E-R, and the phrase du k a with an umlaut r a duchara it sounds a whole lot like the regular long squiggly s which we find in sj sk and skj in norwegian like in s k i n n e Schinne. which is why we can sing a high bright long squiggly s in swedish as well the O umlaut in Swedish corresponds almost exactly to the O slash in Norwegian. In the first example, Gisela says three words right in a row. F-R, O with an umlaut, J-D, H, O with an umlaut, J-E-R, and R, O with an umlaut, J-E-R. Freud höjer röjer. And in Norwegian, we hear L, O slash, N-L-I-G-E-L-O slash G-N-E. But Swedish also has the open O-E when it's followed by two consonants. F-O with an umlaut R-R-A umlaut N. Furren. O umlaut M-T. Umt. The letter U is the one with the most fun phonetic letters. In both languages, we have that U with the line through it. First, in Swedish, D-J-U-P-T. Jupt. And S-L-U-T-E-R. Sluter. 
And in Norwegian, G-U-L-E. Gule socker. And L-U-N-T. Lunt. And in Swedish, we also have the open version in words like S-U-C-K. Please forgive me for that spelling. <laughs> Suck. And M-U-N. Mun. Which is phonetically spelled with an O with a line through it. Again, don't get this one, this letter confused with a theta. It looks very similar, but this time it's a vowel and not a th sound. Remember that both languages, though, have tons of exceptions and differences, like we find in the beginning of the Norwegian Enswane with the words D U S T U M M E. It would take too long to compare every single sound, but I hope you found it as interesting as I have to put these sounds back to back and see how they line up. As you can see, the rules for each language are different, but the sounds are very similar, so once you've mastered them, they can apply overall. Always keep in mind that Swedish has significantly more vowels due to the open and closed pairings. A long vowel in Swedish always has a colon after it. Norwegian has only one option for most vowels, usually the closed one, with the exception of an open O that's represented by A with a circle over it in the language, and sometimes open epsilon E. And that's our show for today. To find out more about Gisela Stille and Ketil Hugos, for links on how to buy Anna Hersey's article on Swedish diction, or if you have any questions or comments for me, Ellen Rissinger, please visit the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and give it a high rating so that others can find it and benefit from it. Thanks for listening. See you next week.